listening to City Light Vineyard's podcast of our Sunday morning messages. To learn more about City Light, visit us at ourcitylight.org. We hope this message inspires, encourages, and challenges you. So, I want to share with you, this, we're outside the teaching series now, and um, I'm just going to be talking from my heart. This is kind of a one-off teaching. Um, and I've been thinking about the virus and all the impacts that it's had, um, the, you know, what it's been doing to our society and what it's been doing to my life and your life. And I want to just say, like, when, the, when it first started and there was kind of like the slow burn of, you know, be careful, be careful, be careful, stay at home, um, most of my first thoughts were around how, myself. You know, most of my worries were around me and, you know, how, you know, is, is someone I love going to get sick? Um, how's this going to affect, you know, our finances? How's this going to affect the church? Um, and so my, and maybe you're like me, maybe initially when it all started and maybe still, it's very, very, I, I, I went inward. I, I thought about, you know, how's this going to affect me or hurt me or get in the way of things that I was wanting to do? It's an, you know, at worst, it's, at best, it's an inconvenience. At worst, it's going to be horrible and, and, you know, someone I love could die or get really, really sick. And so, you know, my initial reaction was to, to think about myself, you know. And honestly, that is maybe your experience too, um, but it's not who Jesus is, right? And so part of what the, the process that I've had to go through, and maybe you've experienced this too, is I started thinking about the things that Jesus talks about. So Jesus says things like, love your neighbor as yourself. He says to put other people's needs before yourselves. He says to love people as he has loved us. And as I think about those things and I think about my response, you know, there was a disconnect there. Something was off with how I thought um, and how I felt. And so my initial reaction was self, but God asks us at all times to think about others, right? To think about how can we affect what, uh, make an effect in the lives of others? How can we minister to others? So here's something that I just want to say you know, to you guys is like, what does this look like to love our neighbors as our, as ourselves? What does that look like during this pandemic? Can we even do this? So one thing I want to say is that the church is not on pause. Okay. So city light, we're not on pause, right? The church is one of those things that, um, that doesn't have to stop when the rest of society goes on pause. We aren't on pause. We're on mission. All right. And that's really what, uh, kind of the overarching umbrella of what I want to talk about today. So think about society. It's crazy what's happening right now. Um, sports, like think about the NBA being on pause. Think about how intense that is for our society. A lot of what, you know, would be um, idols, like things that we elevate, things that we run to, um, you know, bigger than God, things that just are like so important in our society, you know, sports, culture, media, uh, even governments, whole countries, things are being put on pause. And you think about that is just, that's an insane thing. I've, you know, I'm not incredibly old, but I'm also not incredibly young and I've never experienced anything even close to this. And it really puts us in this weird place where a lot of the things we pursue, like, you know, uh, you know, getting, going out to eat, you know, going shopping, um, getting out and having fun. A lot of those things are really put on hold and it's, it's been a really interesting time to look at what our lives were built on and, you know, maybe even think about what we can build on going forward. But here's what's different about the church. See, the church in its best form, in its purest form, is not an institution, right? It's a movement of people. And you've heard me talk about this before, but um, 
when Jesus and the early followers were talking about the church, they would use this word ecclesia, which is, which is a movement. It's a group of people with a mission and a purpose. They didn't have the word church. That was a, a German word that got put on later as the Bible um, was put together. So this whole idea of a church being um, a place you go, a time that you meet, is not the key ingredient. The key ingredient is being a community that's on mission for others. That's really who the church is. And so even in the midst of a pandemic, we actually, by definition, need to step up. Like we, we don't go on pause as the church. Like just because we can't meet physically in a building does not mean, well, let's take a break. You know, like who we are doesn't go on pause. In fact, we should be ramping up and praying and thinking about how can we invest in our community more? How can we step it up and rise up to be on mission during this crisis? And this is a lot of what I've been challenged with over the last couple of weeks. Um, I was listening to another guy talking. He was saying, you know, uh, maybe you know about this, but JFK gave a speech where he talked about the Chinese word for crisis. And he said that the Chinese word for crisis has two characters, one that's opportunity and one that's danger. Okay, now, sit with that for a second, and there's at least 50% of you know that he was wrong. <laughs> okay, some of you just already sent the text off to my phone. I know that he was wrong, but the idea is still a good idea, right? The idea of crisis is both a time of danger and a time of opportunity. And I think right now we're in an opportunity to be the church and not just go to church. We're in an opportunity to be the church, to, to live out the mandate of Jesus on our lives as a body of Christ, as a people, an ecclesia, a people who are following on purpose, on mission together, we can be the church right now. This is an opportunity. Now, listen, when I say opportunity, I don't mean opportunistic, okay? I'm not saying, like, this is a great thing. I'm so happy about it. I'm also not saying, let's take advantage of this, okay? That's not, listen, People we love and care about, and even people we don't necessarily know but still should care about, are, gonna, are suffering and going to suffer. This isn't an opportunity in the sense of, let's be excited about this, let's take advantage of it. But it is a moment in time, okay? It is this, this, this opportunity in time for the church to either shrink back, disappear, hide, hoard toilet paper, right? Um participate in um, social media, uh, you know, fear-mongering and, you know, become the worst of ourselves or the church can step into this moment and become the best of ourselves. We can become the generous part of who we are. We can become the self-sacrificial part of who we are. We can step into praying and giving and loving and caring, even at personal expense. That's really where the, the history and the legacy of the church. And so, like, historically, Christians have become known for their care and their courage in times of crisis, specifically in plagues. So, in, in 166, uh, I'm not a historian. I did some research on this. There was this thing called the Anton, Antoine, I'm sure I said that wrong, or Antoine Plague. Um, and there's articles that talk about how that may have contributed to the spread of Christianity because Christians while other people, including government officials and physicians, fled the cities that were most afflicted, Christians stayed, and they stayed and did what, um, did what others weren't willing to do. We saw similar things in the third century, Emperor um, Julian the Apostate, you can tell by his name, not a big fan of Christians, um, he, this is in the, sorry, in the late fourth century, he was 
quoted as saying the impious Galileans, all right, that's the Christians, support not only their own poor, but ours as well. He was mad that we, the Christians were making them look bad, all right? The plague of Cyprian, this is a crisis in the third century, it was named after the bishop Cyprian, who was encouraging his people to get out and care for the sick, even at personal expense. Uh, his fellow bishop Dionysus described how Christians, heedless of danger, took charge of the sick, attending to their every need. And we see it continued. In 1527, Martin Luther refused to leave his city um, during the bubonic plague and wanted to continue to fulfill his job as a pastor there, caring for people. So listen, that all sounds great in history, but it scares me if to think about in the current day. I don't know, like, this is something I've been personally wrestling with and sitting with is, what is my response as a Christian, a follower of Jesus in 2020 with this, you know, this thing going on? What is my responsibility? How am I supposed to love my neighbor? What does that look like during the coronavirus crisis, during, you know, shelter at home, stay at home orders? How am I supposed to love my neighbor right now? How am I supposed to fulfill? Because like the call of God doesn't stop because there's a crisis, a worldwide pandemic. Like the call of God on my life and the call of God on your life and the call of God on the church doesn't stop because we're in this crisis, okay? What we need to be doing, in my opinion, is asking, Lord, how do I fulfill that call? That call has been for 2,000 years. How do I step into that now? And looking at this and asking, how can I love my neighbor in the course of this pandemic? And it scares me. It scares me that through this, I'm going to find out that I'm all talk that it's easy for me to get up on stage and talk about loving your neighbor and living sacrificially, but that it's actually not something I'm willing to do if it might cost me something or if it's dangerous or scary. Um, I'm scared that I'll get sick or that someone I love will get sick. I'm scared that I'll also just miss the moment and shrink back. And so, you know, maybe you share similar fears and, and we'll talk about this in a second. Some of those fears are okay, right? Let's, we're going to be realistic in how we do this. But I want to read a verse to you guys. And this is in Matthew 5. Jesus is talking, and he says this, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? So pause there for a second. If the salt loses its saltiness, he's saying that we have this mission from God to be something that stands out in the earth. But if Christians stop doing what they're called to do, if they lose their saltiness, if they stop standing out, if you put salt on your chicken and it doesn't taste like salt, what was the point of the salt? There is no point. If the church stops being the salt of the earth, what is the point of the church? I think that's what he's saying. Okay, next slide. You are the light of the world. A town built on a, on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I take from this verse, and you know, if you know me, this is, this is a life verse for me. This verse was instrumental in planting the church, City Light. You can tell we got some of the words of the name from there. Um, I, you know, I, I, I don't, I want to know how to fulfill that call in this time. You know, obviously we're not in hiding. Like if you read this, we're not in hiding. We're shining light in the darkness. So somehow we're hope when it's hopeless. You know, somehow we're, we're serving those who are in need. Somehow we're sharing the gospel, the message of salvation from Jesus with people who are hurting. Um, we're praying. We're praying for the sick. We're praying for the dying. We're somehow 
light in the darkness. And that light is at least in part our good deeds. He says, let your light shine before others so they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. There's something about what we do. And this is all the time, but right now especially, there's something about what we do. I feel like we're going to want to ask the question when this is done, what did the church do? And I want to be able to answer that question and know that we shined like a light in the city of Newark, in the city of Elkton, in the town of Avangrove. I want to, like, that's where we're called to. Like, sometimes things that are global, you know, like global pandemic, what can we do? You know, but one of our values at City Light is to is to dream big, but to start small, okay? And we want to dream big, and I wish we could do more, but we always are willing to start small, to do for the one what we wish we could do for the many. And so we step into this. We need to be the light. How can we be the light of the world? How can we love our neighbors in the midst of this global pandemic with all these restrictions that we can't really leave our houses? You know, the temptation is it's easy just to circle the wagons. It's easy to just think about ourselves, to shelter in place, to stay home and stay safe and stay unharmed. It's easily easy to hold on to our finances, to stop giving, um, to stop being generous because we don't know the future and we don't know what's going to happen financially for us. It, our instinct is to hoard. It's easier to not give away food that we might need. It's easier to, to think about ourselves. Um, for some of you, uh, this has made more work, ironically, instead of less work. And so um, you're busier and you're frustrated and you've got stress and you've got kids at home and they're doing schoolwork. Um, and the others of you have too much time, right? The others of you are like, it's, it feels boring or you're, you're investing way too much time in the news or social media or Netflix. So here's my question though. How do we, you know, with all of those things that are temptations, how do we resist those temptations to think about self and love our neighbors ourselves? put other people before us, love people like Jesus loves us and be the salt and light of the earth. How do we do that? You know, I want to ask you a question. Like what happens in the next weeks and months? Now, maybe this is like, you know, especially where we live, maybe we're just going to see a really flat curve, right? And that would be great. But maybe it's going to get worse before it gets better. You know, maybe there in the next weeks, there's going to be people you know that are sick. What happens if it gets worse? Think about the people who were already food insecure. What happens to them if it gets worse? Think about the people who are already financially insecure, who are living paycheck to paycheck, who are hourly workers. Um, you know, many of us in our church have already, maybe you've lost jobs or part-time jobs, or you've lost hours, or you've lost an income stream. You know, I know that that's scary. I, I mean, um, that that's part of our reality too, right? And so, that's happening to us, but even when things are happening to us, we're called to think about other people. What happens to the people who are already hurting when and if things get worse? And what about the people in our church? Like there's people in our church that we're called to care for first. What about the sick and vulnerable in our church or the financially or, or food insecure in our church? How can we be ready to rise to the occasion and be the church? So I just have a couple things I want to say and then we're going to close. All right. Um, as a church, I'm committed to um, a few things. First, we stay on vision. Our vision is to seek and love and care for people like Jesus does. We can do that in a global pandemic, right? So we seek people who are disconnected from God or community. We seek them and we want to invite them in. You can invite them to our live streams. You can invite them to Alpha. You can invite them to small group. You can invite them to participate in that, the uh, community assistance we're doing. 
we love each other. So we deeply love each other. We find ways to love our community and we love our in, inside our community and then we care for the communities we live in, Newark, Elkton, Avangrove. We care, we reach out. We put action where our faith is, like Mandy talked about last week. We stay connected to each other, okay? So we stay on vision, we put action to our faith, we stay connected, we have to stay connected. We can't let this be a time where we slide away from fellowship. What we need to be doing is leaning into fellowship. We need each other more now than even normally. And we get creative. How do we answer these questions? We're gonna have to get creative and we're gonna need everyone to step into this, okay? Let me tell you just a couple stories and then give you a little practical application. So, um, I have a friend that I know through a school. I don't wanna give you any more information, but this is not someone who goes to our church and it's just an outside relationship that I have. And this person lost two of their jobs and they're a single mom. And it just so happened that I was able to connect with them right when we had some of our food gathered. So we've, you know, if you're not aware, we've given food to two different schools. We've so far been able to feed um, over 70 families, what we're giving them is breakfast and lunch for either a week or a week and a, or, or a half a week. Okay. And so it's been really exciting. We've been sending Sharon and Annie to Costco pretty much every day. Um, Sharon's house and Nathan's house that's full of food. Um, and this is just one way that we're trying to, to serve our community, you know? Um, but this lady, it just so happened that we were able to get her a box of food for a week. And, and she wrote me and just thanked me. Like this was, she, a week later, she still had food. Um, and she wasn't even like directly on a list from a school that we were going to get. She's uh, lost both of her jobs and is a single mom. That's the kind of stories that are out there for us to step into if we're willing to. Um, uh, a 55 and older community reached out to me and said, we'd like to be involved. We'd like to do something. We were thinking we could sew some masks. And so I said, sure, let me see if I can find someone who would need, who needs them. So I reached out to um, to Chris Pukin, who's a social worker in our church. And she said, yeah, I have some people that could use those. And so, you know, we were just the middleman there, but like, that's part of like connecting. What are some very simple, very practical ways that we can love our neighbor? Um, one of the people that we were able to give food to, um, she's a 61 year old grandma. She has, uh, she had the ba a baby in the back of her car and she said that her son, who was the baby's father had just o overdosed and passed away. And she said, now I have to raise this kid. And I, you know, and she was telling me just other things that are going on in her life. And like, that's so far from my reality that it's easy for me to forget that. And I can just be like frustrated by how boring it is or frustrated that I can't go out to a restaurant or, you know, frustrated that like, you know, um, we're not having my dad over to dinner right now. Like we go on hikes, but we keep six feet apart and yell to each other, right? Like that's inconvenient. But there are some people who are really struggling and suffering. Some people who know people who are sick. And so um, we were able to give her food, which is a little bit. And you know, we loaded her up with as much as we could give her. And, and she had faith. I mean, she talked to me about how God was going to provide for her. These are just a few examples of the stories that can happen during this. So if we can love our neighbor and be the salt and light, to be the church, like to rise up into this opportunity to be the church. So what can you do? Listen, first I would say as individuals, I'm not asking anyone, listen, I'm not asking anyone to put themselves at risk that they don't feel led to or comfortable to do, okay? So I'm not asking you to put yourself at risk. God is gonna lead you and guide you. You need to do what you feel God is giving you wisdom for. See, the risks that God asks us to take are always combined with the wisdom of God, okay? So that doesn't mean, you know, eschew all of the wisdom and break the rules, break the law, okay? There's ways that we can serve in this, in this community. 
do the bare minimum. So as Christians, we should be washing our hands, social distancing, supporting local businesses, right? That's the bare minimum we can do to love our neighbors. Number three, don't assume that someone else will do this. Instead, ask the question, why not me? Why not me? What could I do as part of this church, City Light, as part of the church, what could I do to give uh, hope to people, to be the light, to be the salt and the light? It's not the pastor's job, okay? It's not like the Christians who have been Christians for a long time or the whatever. It is every follower of Jesus is an integral part of the body of Jesus, and we are called together to be the light. So you have something to give. Why not you? What could you do? Don't don't push it off on someone else or think someone else will do it. You have gifts, you have talents, you have connections, you have ideas, you have creativity, you have compassion. Do what God's called you to do in this. Here's some practical ideas. From home, you can make phone calls. You can call people who are at home who maybe haven't gotten out, maybe people who are lonely. You can uh, pray. You can pick five, 10 people and pray. Let them know you're praying for them. You can set up Zoom calls with friends or with groups of people who don't get to meet very often. Um, you know, you can get creative and start to use your gifts. In 1665, during his plague-induced isolation, so they had a plague, right? Um, oh, I forget his name. It wasn't Einstein. It was Newton. Newton was in isolation, and he took the next step of inventing calculus. I mean, come on, guys. Let's step up our game. You've had a couple weeks, and none of you have invented calculus yet, Okay. Be, you can be a positive influence on social media. You can just be on social media and be a positive influence. You can give to those in the church who are in need. You can give financially. You can give to those in the community who are in need. These are all things you can do from your home. Outside your home, if you feel so comfortable to do that, you can deliver meals. There's actually nothing wrong. Uh, the stay-at-home um, rules are, do not apply to you delivering goods to people in need. You're allowed to do that. So you can deliver meals. You can shop for people. You can check in on neighbors. You can drop notes. You can reach out to local schools. You don't have to wait for me to do this. You can reach out to a local school or business and connect and see if there's any way that we could help. I think the further this goes, the more people are going to need help. So I'm excited in the sense that um, I want us to have this opportunity to love people in a good way. Maybe there's people who have had bad experiences with church, and this would do something to heal those wounds um, this would do something to touch their heart. But in the end, it's not about what they think about us. It's not about whether they come to our church. Okay? It's not about whether they give us their money. This is about Jesus died on the cross for my sins. Jesus died for your sins. Jesus said, you are valuable enough for me to give my entire life to you. And that kind of generosity, that kind of sacrificial love, is what we're called to step in to join Jesus in his sacrificial love for others. Because he's done it for us, he says, love others as I have loved you. And he's called us to be the light of the world. So fascinating to me, Jesus said that he was the light of the world, and then he called us to be the light of the world. He, we step into that mission, that vision that God had for bringing light into darkness, hope into hopelessness, food into hunger, provision into scarcity. We can do the good deeds that show the light of Jesus and will lead people to see God in their life. And I really believe there's, there's, there's something for everyone in this. So this week, let's ask ourselves, how can we love and serve our neighbors? How can we be the salt and light of the earth during this crisis? Let's pray.
Jesus, thank you for everyone who's on this and maybe we'll watch it later. I pray for you to um, give us ideas and open our hearts up to the people um, in our community who will need help in the weeks and months to come. I pray for opportunities for us to be the church, to be the light, to love our neighbor. Jesus, we thank you that you've loved us. We thank you that you have given so much to us, God. We praise your name. We ask that you be with us. Amen.